hello, and happy Thursday. I am Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who is passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. Alrighty, well, let's jump right into it. We are reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53, and it says, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No. I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house there will be five divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, this little section of verses is just packed full. And this is Jesus still speaking. And he very quickly touches on the coming judgment and his work on the cross in just the first two sentences of this section. And then he ends up giving details of what to expect later on, which especially when the world is trying to say otherwise. Now, we know in Jesus's first coming that he came to set the captives free, and not to condemn, but to save. But in his second coming, there will be a fiery judgment upon the earth, and those on earth who have chosen to reject the salvation offered to them through Jesus. However, at the time that Jesus said this, he hadn't even been crucified yet. Now, it's really interesting how Jesus describes his pending death for the sins of the world through a baptism and then says that it was a great distress to him until it was accomplished. This is interesting because when we go through a water baptism, we are publicly showing that inner work that took place in our hearts in an outward way. And as we go down into the water and then back up again, It symbolizes our dying to sin, going down into the grave, and then raising up to new life anew. And this is identifying with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And in that act of death and burial and resurrection, Jesus redeemed mankind, of which he was eager to do, and it's why it caused him such a great distress until it was accomplished. Because we were the joy that was set before him on that day, the reward in which he was paying his life to redeem. Now, when it says that he didn't come for peace, but for division, this is something that most people who don't have a true knowledge of God and the Bible usually miss. They claim that Jesus is, you know, all about unity and tolerance and love, and it's usually to justify their sin, 
when the Holy Spirit is convicting them concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, while Jesus is indeed about unity, it's unity within his church, right? That's of which he prayed of in his high priestly prayer. And grace, not necessarily tolerance, but grace, of which through the apostles' letters we are encouraged to abound in. And lastly, in love, and we know that God is love. But an aspect that is often disregarded by those misguided Bible quoters is that Jesus is also the way and the truth and the life. And while that creates unity and it stirs grace and love within his church, it indeed creates division between darkness and light. And just as with the woman that was caught in adultery, Jesus came to draw a line in the sand. He himself created division amongst the Jews in his day between those who heard him and believed and between those who heard him and loved their sin more. And that fueled their desire to kill him. And then also when Peter and John were brought before the council in Acts 4, there was division between them as followers of Jesus and the Jewish council who had killed Jesus. And the scriptures say in Acts 4, verses 8 through 12, that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus himself is the dividing line. And he, just as he had even said earlier in Luke, in Luke 11, 23, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And the fact that the Bible clearly states that salvation is in no one else other than Jesus Christ, that is a solid line that is obviously going to create a divide between those who are in Christ and those who are not. Now, the thing is, that while the world claims that they hate division and they only want peace, the world inevitably creates division between them and the church because darkness hates the light and wants nothing to do with it. But in that, you know, while we don't close off our doors and our boundaries so that it makes it impossible to reach the lost in darkness because we do know that we're called to reach them, But being persecuted by the world also inevitably creates a stronger unity within the church body as we're all clinging closely to Jesus Christ and we walk in him side by side together as brothers and sisters united in Christ. And as a 
united Church of Jesus, we stir one another to love and to good works. We pray for one another and we bear each other's burdens. And we sharpen each other like iron sharpens iron. When you face the division that the dividing line of Christ draws, especially when it comes to families, like Jesus had described, father against son, mother against daughter, and etc., it can feel discouraging. And it can almost feel like we're doing something wrong sometimes, right? I mean, I'm sure that Peter and John felt that way when they were facing criminal charges for preaching Christ, but they weren't doing anything wrong. They were walking rightly before God and in the calling that He gave them. And just as the Word of God, which is living and active, it pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, and it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart, not all division is bad so long as it's in accordance with following God. Now, I want to be extremely clear here. The division is not over just anything. God is not saying division within families is what he came for or that that's what he desires. That is not even the goal because it is God's will. We know that it's God's will that all would come to repentance. He doesn't want that. But what Jesus is saying is that when it comes to following him, it will create divisions when some members of a household follow Jesus and others don't. And if this is the state of your family right now, my heart goes out to you because I know that is a really, really hard situation. But I do hope that this encourages you as you continue in your personal walk with Jesus and living with that division that choosing God has brought. Because Jesus knew that that kind of division would happen and he's given you a church family to be united to in him. So ultimately, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to keep walking and growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to keep sharing the truth and love to all who will listen. We need to pray for the unsaved and for opportunities to share the gospel. We need to live peaceably with others so far as it depends on us. And we need to take up that full armor of God as we stand strong in the strength of his might and as we serve and eagerly await his return for us. For blogs, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com. And that is crystal with a K and craven with a C.